This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Thursday, September 26th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Dow disputes chlorpyrifos claim. California files suit over endangered species and bipartisan backing for cannabis banking. Dow has filed detailed response to California's cancellation of chlorpyrifos. The notice of defense filed by Dow AgroSciences runs about a thousand pages long. The main document denies each of the allegations against the agrochemical company's insecticide products. The compliant cites numerous comments Dow has submitted to the Department of Pesticide Regulations since it began implementing strict mitigation procedures two years ago. The California Attorney General's Office had filed its complaint against the registrants in August. The administration's argument has been that chlorpyrifos directly causes an inhibition of the brains of children linked to neurodevelopmental disorders. A flawed regulatory process. Dow denies that a meaningful notice and comment rulemaking occurred and also that any scientific review panel is, quote, independent. Dosage. Dow says the acute exposure effects would only result from overexposures such as poisonings and would not result from exposures under labeled use conditions. Studies. Single epidemiology studies cannot determine causation for the physiological effects in human brains. Dow argues the outcomes have been overgeneralized across the studies and the specific world results are not reproduced across all studies. EPA's July order. Dow points out that the EPA found a lack of any meaningful raw data from these studies. It adds that newer findings do not support the possible linkage between exposure and the neurodevelopmental effects. Toxic air contaminant. The company says a rigorous evaluation of the science does not support DPR's listing as a THC. It also claims DPR's hypothetical exposure scenario for this has a significant overestimation bias. Food residue. Dow calls the DPR finding about chlorpyrifos residue in food products a scientifically invalid claim of dietary exposures because the research did not use the actual residues. And what's next? Well, Dow Government Affairs Director Caroline Silvera says the discussions are ongoing with regard to the next steps. The company is cataloging the updates on a website along with plenty of marketing about the benefits and safety of Corpirfos. U.S. Ag gets better access to Japan and trade deal. U.S. farm groups are already counting on seeing ag exports to Japan increasing next year when the new trade pact signed yesterday by President Donald Trump and Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe is expected to take effect that January 1st. U.S. wheat farmers and exporters have been worried for months about losing business to foreign competitors after President Trump pulled the U.S. out of the Trans-Pacific Partnership and Japan then cut tariffs for Australian, Canadian, and European Union countries. U.S. pork producers especially worry, but now the National Pork Producers Council is already predicting increased exports to Japan. Iowa State University economist Dermont Hayes projects pork exports will increase by about $600 million over the next 15 years under the agreement. And from another view, the president said we'd get better deals from bilateral deals. 
But here we are, with some commodities getting less than we would have gotten under the TPP. And that the word of Representative Jim Costa, a Democrat of California. Rice growers would have been allocated quotas in Japan under the TPP, but rice was left out of this bilateral deal. Still, the senior House Ag Committee member said the agreement would be a step toward regaining some of what we've lost from pulling out of the TPP. Western Grower CEO Tom Nassif said in a statement that this opens up real market opportunities for producers of fresh fruits, vegetables, and tree nuts. He added that almonds, blueberries, walnuts, broccoli, prunes, cherries, and oranges will result in significant export opportunities. The Walnut Commission notes that Japan is the fourth leading export market at $90 million. The industry has invested over $58 million to develop the market and has grown more than 44% over the last five years. We eagerly anticipate the new opportunities, said the commission's Jack Mariotti in a statement. California sues feds over endangered species standards. In a lawsuit number 62 against the Trump administration, Attorney General Xavier Becerra is now taking on the EPA over three new rules to the Endangered Species Act. Joining the lawsuit yesterday were 17 other states. We're trying to undo what the president is proposing to do, he said, during a speech yesterday on climate change and massive bird losses across the globe. With biological opinions and voluntary agreements, Becerra responded, It would be tough for me to tell you what the impact of this lawsuit will be directly. With the governor's coming veto of SB1, Becerra said the timing of the announcement was not intended to boost the governor's environmental efforts during Climate Week. Missing in the conversation? Becerra held his press conference at a wildlife refuge in Davis alongside director from the Audubon Society. The rice fields a few feet away are often flooded in winter, creating a critical habitat for endangered fish and bird species. This happened through an Audubon partnership with farmers and the state, a sharp contrast to the legal actions promoted by Becerra. Get out the checkbook, House Ag OK's Cannabis Bill. Banks would be protected from federal regulators when the institutions deal with businesses that are legally involved in cannabis under a bill that has passed the House. The SAFE, or Secure and Fair Enforcement Banking Act, needed a two-thirds majority under a fast-track suspension procedure and still passed easily 321 to 103. Senator Jeff Merkley, an Oregon Democrat, is sponsoring a similar bill in the upper chamber. CEO, Climate Challenge Requires Multiplying Industry Efforts. Jim Collins, the CEO of Corteva AgriScience, says the seed and chemical giant is talking to other company executives about ways that the food and agriculture sector can reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Speaking at the National Press Club yesterday, Collins disclosed that the group will be meeting on the sidelines of the World Food Prize events next month in Des Moines. Collins said the effort is also enlisting academics and non-governmental organizations. He didn't identify the other companies, but said more meetings are in the planning stages. A Corteva spokesman described the Iowa meeting as private. Imagine multiplying one company's efforts with other companies and other organizations across the food and ag value chain. At Corteva, we're convinced that this is part of the future, he said. Here's today's She Said It. 
There have never been so many pieces going in the same direction. The opportunity to move forward together is here. That CDFA Secretary Karen Ross at the Future of Food Conference in New York for Climate Week. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Thursday, September 26th, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Daly.